Hey y'all, welcome back to a Tuesday, July 11th, 2023 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. NFL Super Friends, the first edition with everybody here, and it was a lot of fun. Evan Swords back this week of 49ers Hub, SB Nations, JP Acosta, and USA Today's Jarrett Bailey. We make up the Super Friends uh, for this Tuesday NFL show each and every week here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. So uh, I think you guys will enjoy today's pod where we do the AFC South or AFC East, uh, rather, because we did the AFC South last week of teams who can win the Super Bowl in the AFC East and who cannot. So deep dives into the Patriots, Jets, Dolphins and Bills. We also talk about DeAndre Hopkins and the Titans and the Patriots for him. We talk about uh, 49ers quarterback updates from Evan, uh, whether or not Evan and JP can uh, take on a kangaroo. Uh, The Commanders and what they're doing building around Sam Howell now. Uh, The Cowboys, where they sit in the NFC East echelon and all kinds of other great uh, stuff here on today's edition of the nfl super friend show here on the chase Thomas podcast speaking of the chase Thomas podcast make sure you go check out the new website it's finished it's live it's awesome chase Thomas podcast.com um so make sure you check that out today also if you're a first time listener here of the chase Thomas podcast thank you for checking out the show hope you uh enjoy what you hear and if you do please make sure you hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you are listening. New episodes every day here on this very feed, so make sure you're locked in. Um, every Tuesday, uh, you'll get NFL Super Friends on this feed. Um, if you're already a subscriber, you know what I'm about to say. You know what I'm about to say. Please take a second and uh, leave this show a five-star rating and a review, uh, write a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you have not already done so. It helps other people find the show, and it helps this very show continue to grow. Tell a family member, coworker, friend, whoever about the Chase Thomas Podcast and about NFL Super Friends. If you're a fan of this weekly installment in our NFL conversations here on the program. So a lot of different ways you can check out and help the show. YouTube growing and growing and growing. Well over a thousand subs, uh, all kinds of great content and appreciate all you guys interacting on our YouTube page, full episodes, shorts, clips, all that good stuff youtube.com slash chase thomas podcast like and subscribe all that good stuff and if you want to ask us a question for next week's nfl show here on uh the chase thomas podcast easy way to do so tweet at us at pod chase thomas or email the program at chase thomas podcast at gmail.com all right uncle darren let's go Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to the first ever NFL Super Friends. All together, you see us on ChaseThomasPodcast.com. The new revamped site. It's live. It's big. It's been a long time coming. Very, very excited for all of that and. This is just going to be a really, really fun project. And no Evan Swords last week, but JP, Jarrett, and I had a lot of fun. Evan, you weren't around for just Jarrett. Jarrett was trying to nuke nuke the pod right out of the gates here with some of these one-liners. He was he was on one 1,000%. But this is, this is going to be fun. This is a collection of uh, a lot of my uh, most favorite NFL media 
superstars and all covering different teams, all different perspective, whether it's down in Florida, whether it's up there in Pittsburgh, whether it's way, way over there in Los Angeles, California. Um, we all bring different NFL perspectives. Um, and I think that's uh, that's a good thing. And that's a positive thing. Uh, but around the room, Jarek, good evening. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Uh, for, I just want you know what I'm going to take my my little FaceTime here to uh, give my my friend JP Acosta a golf clap um, for crossing something off his bucket list and appearing on the Athletic Football Show. I'm very happy for you, my friend. He was great. Yes. Ah, thank you, thank you, guys. I it's still kind of weird because I went and listened to it, and I never listened to myself on podcasts. So I'm like, I don't need to listen to myself. I heard myself say this stuff already. Right. But then when I was listening to him, like, oh, that's me. That's That's a really cool thing. So it's cool to uh, chop it up with Robert, uh, talk talk some ball, which is always very fun. So hopefully we'll have more and more of appearing on podcasts, still doing the Super Friends show because that is what that is where we're at. Yeah, I mean JP, I don't know if you know this, but uh, with the New York Times sports section completely removed, going on the Athletic is essentially like being a, being on you know the, the New York Times sports section. Really, it's the same thing at this point. I'm gonna put what's in the New York Times in my bio. <laughs> New York Times contributing podcast here. Yeah, JP New York Acosta. Times sports. So they, yeah, they can't even prove it anymore because it's not there. Yeah, no, but uh, really, all no jokes. Uh, all jokes aside, it's no surprise. JP will continue to uh, grow and grow, as will Jarrett. Um, and us old men on the left side of this <laughs> of this little Brady Bunch situation. I was say, there is kind of a divide here, isn't there? Yeah, there is an ageism uh, divide here. You know, <laughs> we will. We our hair will continue to to disappearance. <laughs> <laughs> disappear uh on, on our head and uh mm-hmm. your 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 careers will continue to grow i was gonna say uh, i can't relate my hair is, is flowing and it is lovely right there is wow. a disparity there is a disparity <laughs> oh man a, dis- well, uh, a disparity J- jp thank you for uh making this not a another uh aggressively all white guy podcast i really i appreciate you hold it down <laughs> got the team on his back we we are a walking diversity quota. This is <laughs> this is this is the photo on every college uh, intro. And this should, yeah, and this is card. This is this is what they show. We look like what happens when uh, a Disney show gets rebooted and recast. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. This is the cast of the uh, of uh, the new Harry Potter movies in in about ten years. <laughs> is he Ron Weasley? <laughs> Is that maybe Hermione? <laughs> oh man, I, I don't know. But uh, JP's Ron. JP, that joke was for yeah, you and you him. only because I know you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they all redhead? Uh, well, anyways, I believe we're here to talk about sports, and I think we should probably do that before Chase starts crying. <laughs> we're here to allegedly talk sports. Uh, Congrats on the new website, too, buddy. Thank you. Great. It really does yeah. look good. It looks I, awesome. Uh, I appreciate that. I'm excited. And we'll have a full-on, like, other things are coming uh, to the site. And I don't have a four-team uh, or four-person Brady Bunch thing ready to go yet. So that will be here for, for next week. So we Can got we hire to... somebody to make, like, an intro like that, like the Brady Bunch, but it's just us? Oh. That's not a bad idea. It'd be kind of fun. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. We need to get in touch with somebody. Yeah. 
I could do it. I could probably, I could probably make that happen. That's not a bad I idea. Say, yeah, talk, talk to your people at, at Blue Wire. I, I think that they might, uh, I'm sure they have somebody. Listeners, if you have any uh, proficiency in Adobe Premiere Pro. Or that. Yeah. What's up? You know, we are a grassroots organization. <laughs> yeah. We like, we, like, we like getting all the support we can from the people who, are, who support us. So. I can shoot one of my uh, old professors a, a quick text. I, I think that he might be able to, uh, to hook us up. There you go. Um, well, this is a, ostensibly an NFL podcast, but this is an L Super Friends. And it's a different kind of NFL podcast that I think uh, nobody else is doing right now. And I think uh, that's fun. That's a, it's a different different kind of show and very conversational, very, very fun. And nothing says more fun than Devontae Parker signing an extension with the New England Patriots. And JP, we'll start with you because you talked about this uh, with Robert and D-Hop and... New England and Tennessee and what ultimately happens here with Devonte Parker locking up uh, an extension in New England with everything that is currently going on with New England, where they sit in the AFC East, and we'll get more into them uh, on this very show. But it, like, if he ends up in Tennessee, why do you think that will end up being the case? Do you think it's just a money thing? Or do you think there is real opportunity in that offense and what they might do this year? Or if you're him and he picks New England, is that like a, oh, New England's really going to try and go for it. New England's really maybe going to have a competent top 15-ish offensive DVOA type team. Where where are you at in this regard? Um, If he goes to Tennessee, it's entirely for the money. Mm-hmm. For me, I think they have more cap space than the Patriots right now. Um, and let's face it, man, that Tennessee's off that Tennessee offense is gonna be horrendous. Mm-hmm. And DeAndre Hopkins is gonna catch a lot of passes, which is something that he can do while making a lot of money, you know. That's what he wants to do, go for it. But I think New England would be the best fit for him, even though they extended Devontae Parker because DeAndre Hopkins is better than Devontae Parker in almost every way. And, you know, DeAndre Hopkins can be kind of a outside end receiver. PFF charted him at 72% of his snaps on the outside, but he also played on the inside. You know, he had almost two yards per route run. I think he's definitely not the same person that he – he's definitely not the same player that he was a few years back. But if you're the Patriots and you want to give Mac Jones every opportunity to succeed, you want to insulate him with as much playmaking, protection, and play calling – as possible, you go out and sign DeAndre Hopkins say, hey, we're in the middle of an arms race in the AFC East. We do not want to fall behind, especially now with all three of the other AFC East teams having an answer at quarterback that looks really good. You got to do something. You got to figure something out to get the most out of Mac Jones. And adding DeAndre Hopkins would probably get the most out of Mac Jones. I just, I wonder if, is it is he how close is he to the Julio zone? Because we we know what Julio was, and I watched him at the end in Atlanta, and I was like, he doesn't practice anymore. The snaps were going down tremendously. He was struggling to stay healthy, and Julio is just an all time. Like I, I will always love everything about Julio Jones and what he did for Atlanta, and all the joy he gave me as a player. But like, is he close to that zone based on the last version you've seen of D Hop in his current age? Well, I mean, it's tough because. The last time we saw him, he didn't play the first six weeks of the season. Mm. And by the time he came back, Arizona was basically a train wreck, you know? So I think he, like I said, he is not the player that he used to be, but 
He still wins in contested catch opportunities, so that'll help Mac Jones a lot. He can still create separation on the inside against short, against smaller DBs, slower linebackers. He can continue to do that at a really good level. So it's really just about if he's going to be your best receiver, you you can match up Hunt with him. Mm. You can go and put him on, like, you know, in basketball when they do pick and rolls and you get the big guy and the little guy. That's exactly what you can do with the, with Hopkins and the Patriots. Line them up on the inside. You have Juju Smith-Schuster and Parker who can both play on the outside. You can motion them around. Use them in different spots. So I think there's an alleyway for DeAndre Hopkins not to be the same player that he was, but get back to a higher level than he was at last year. I just – where do you want him to go, Jared? If it's not Tennessee, if it's not New England, where where would he go? Does he have any value in Pittsburgh? Like if he had a, a really small number, would you want him in Pittsburgh? Uh, not really. Mm. Yeah, I think that Buffalo is the team that makes hmm. has made sense, uh, but we'll see. The do they have room for him? I don't even know what their current Yes, they situation. have room for him. They- okay. Look, they can move stuff around. We, we, if, if the New Orleans Saints have taught us anything over the past <laughs> five years is that you have room. It's true. Um, and the thing with Buffalo, like, we thought that Gabe Davis would take a big step after his performance against the Chiefs in the division round a couple seasons ago. It wasn't the case. It was a lot of, like, like, the game against Pittsburgh where we had, like, three catches for a trillion yards and two touchdowns. Um it was either that or it was he was largely just not there. And I think that's why you bring in a guy like Dalton Kincaid, who, yes, he's a tight end, but, I mean, he's more or less, you know, a power slot guy. He's going to be uh, – if they don't have – if they don't go out and get somebody like DeAndre Hopkins, if they don't get somebody else, I think Dalton Kincaid's going to be the de facto number two to Stephon Diggs. Um, and, look, if, if, if Gabe Davis is your three and they, they trust um, Hardy as well um, – then you can do worse in terms of weapons. But, I mean, if DeAndre Hopkins is there, why not go get him? And he's he's hinted that Buffalo is a place that he would like to be. I, I think it may – if you're Buffalo, you see what everybody else in the conference has where, you know, okay, Cincinnati, that seems to be a new thorn in their side. They've got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. They, they've got a ton of weapons. Josh Allen doesn't really have that right now. Um, and if you can get DeAndre Hopkins, you go get DeAndre Hopkins. And I think not being like JP pointed out, I don't think he's a, a number one guy anymore for a contender, but a, he's a perfect number two, especially for that team. Um, and a guy who can still like in his last full season, when I mean, he's shown he can still win downfield. He can still go get those 50, 50 balls. And that's the, we know that Josh Allen is a fan of, of, of throwing those. So if you're the Bills, I don't see an argument for not going to get DeAndre Hopkins. Now, as a Steelers fan, would I like hate if they went out and got him? I, I guess not. But right now, like Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, they already signed out or traded for Allen Robinson to be kind of that that veteran. I forgot about Allen Robinson. Yeah, um, yeah, Calvin Austin as well. Like uh, they already have like six, seven guys going to be fighting for for roster spots in Pittsburgh. So I, I like DeAndre Hopkins. I just don't see the reason for the Steelers to be a team to go get him. Yeah, I will say uh, the Bills right now are at $5 million left in cap space, which is 28th in the NFL. They don't have a lot of room to maneuver. But a team that does not have that same cap constrictions and is desperately in need of a number one receiver, Carolina Panthers, if 
if they are serious about saying, hey, we can not only just like, hey, we can win in year one, we can win this division in year one, but we want to get the most out of Bryce Young as a quarterback, you go get a guy who can turn 50-50 balls into 60-40 or 65-35. You get a guy like that. But what's the point when you have A.J. Terrell in the division? Like he's not doing anything with A.J. Terrell across. Okay, anyway, um, you get a guy like that so you can maximize the – I wrote about it a lot last year, but you want to maximize the margin for error mm. for these young quarterbacks. You don't want to make make it so that every throw they, they have to make is absolutely perfect or it'll end up being a catastrophe. You want to widen it up a little bit say so you can tell them, like, hey, this throw doesn't have to be perfect. Just put it in the area code of DeAndre Hopkins, and he can turn <clears> that into either a contested catch or get DPI. You know, those will – I mean, Devontae Parker is a DPI master. He he can draw the offensive pass interferences with the best of them. So the Panthers make a whole lot of sense for DeAndre Hopkins. And if we're thinking like like long-term future and everything, like if let's say he does sign in New England and Mac Jones is proven that proves this year that he's really not the long-term future guy, well, there's going to be a certain quarterback in Arizona right now who could possibly be on the go if the Patriots want to make a move for a quarterback who's a proven talent. Maybe Kyler Murray ends up with DeAndre Hopkins in New England 2024. Not that out of the possibility. Kyler in New England would be weird. He doesn't seem like a cold-weather quarterback. Like he that guy, like a he's Bill from... Belichick quarterback. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, Tyler, Kyler's from Texas. He's in Arizona, drafted by the A's. And it just strikes me with A&M and Oklahoma that he is not, he's, he's just not going to go New England. He doesn't feel New England cold to me. I, I, I think he's going to avoid that. that. Him and Bill Belichick would vibe whatsoever. Yeah. But him and Bill O'Brien would. Mm. I, think, I think that is a very interesting point. I don't know yeah. what happens with Kyler Murray at the end of this season because the Cardinals are going to stink. And I don't know who's going to trade for Kyler Murray. It's still kind of wide open because we don't uh, know. I have that. a team right here. They're in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and I do, like, I am, depending on how things go with Dez, I would not roll out the, I mean. I have, like, Evan, five teams in my head that I think could be. Ooh. Well, Evan, close your ears. Because I think it's, it, if Trey Lance comes in the market, I still think the Falcons jump back into the Trey Lance conversations and see what his actual value is. I would value. love that. I still like. I mean, not the, fa- not, the, not the Falcons because uh, I wanted to like go somewhere you can actually have a shot at competing for like a meaningful season. Well, oh my God, that was the saddest 49ers quarterback update. Evan has been so beaten by the 49ers quarterback news over the last summer of like it's Sam so, Darnold still so learning stupid. the offense it's, and Brock Purdy's ahead of the schedule. I had to listen. <laughs> To a Sam Darnold interview on Pardon My Take just because of TikTok today where he was talking about the, like, mono. Did you see that clip? Where he's like, Sam Darnold, out with mono. And I'm just like, I don't – no one should be interviewing you right now. You should be a a backup quarterback. You should be Andy Dalton right now. I don't want to hear Sam Darnold talk. I don't want to see him on popular podcasts. Yep, no, but you just you're obsessed with football. You just want to see any type of content related period. Nobody I also just sh- like Sam Darnold. I was a big Sam Darnold guy coming out of USC. Okay, yeah, I was also a big Matt Liner guy coming out of USC and then he sucked. He's and, we also, and we stopped yeah, but we stopped caring about him once he sucked because he sucked. Sam Darnold doesn't <laughs> deserve this like to even be brought up. 
I like, refuse to be gaslit into Sam Darnold being like anything close to the starting quarterback. But we know he's going to be the NFC Championship starting quarterback for the Niners. Like we know I, he finds I his way. Say, hey, we know that's what happens Rob, here. Look how he played final month of the season for Carolina. There's probably going to be like there's probably going to be a game where like either Trey or Brock gets injured. Probably and against Sam Arizona. Darnold, Sam Darnold comes in and throws for 400 yards against Arizona just off of dump-offs to Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. And everybody's going to be like, oh, he's this, back. This is what you're going to see if that happens. This is it right here. What it is will that? Be, it'll be dark. You'll never see me again. This box <laughs> oh. will be gone. The box will be removed. I will be gone somewhere in Antigua <laughs> on an island, never watching football ever again. If Sam Darnold throws for 400 yards and wins the game with the 49ers, I want to put Kyle Shanahan in the gold jacket immediately. If Sam Darnold no- goes and play, throws for 400 yards and wins, I will go choke Sam Darnold out. <laughs> <laughs> I will do I swear to God. Is this I before or after you beat up the kangaroo? Is this? I, be- I'll take both of them at the same time. I know it. Well, at least first, we know off, Sam- first off, first off, I will take out a king. I will absolutely beat up a normal right, size you, like, legitimately convinced you could take out a kangaroo yes, yes. well no, I'm, here to, I'm here to tell you you can't well no hold on first off first off we there's video evidence of a man boxing a kangaroo <laughs> so now if you're saying hey what happens if he catches you off guard and gets his kick in sure but yeah, you but know what if i catch him off guard i'm a little agile i feel like he can only go north to south i think if i push <laughs> him from the, if i push him from the side he's tipping over that's Leonard fournette we're talking about <laughs> Leonard fournette <laughs> i'm also you. talking about a kangaroo i i'm talking about Leonard fournette but i am also talking <laughs> about Look, man, I, kangaroo it's got the kick but you're assuming that i'm just not going to move out the way of this kick right like it's we or know where no one's going to come how, yeah. What is it? What is it? Sideline to sideline. What if I keep running in circles? <laughs> it's three cones. Keep I trying to go, go in there. You know what I mean? Kangaroo's three cones. Give me that you know, short subtle time, brother. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. What if I come? What if I give him a little hessy? Right? A little hessy. Like, <laughs> what? what you know? What's he gonna do? Bob and weave body shots. You know, it's I'm gonna take some. Up. I'm gonna rip some grass out of the ground and I'm gonna throw it up in the air on the left side and then I'm gonna punch him Pocket from sand. the right. Pocket sand. I'm taking a backseat on this. Jared, you don't believe you can beat up a kangaroo, right? No, because I'm a sane human being. Oh, yeah. hold on, hold what on. is the average size kangaroo? <laughs> They've got to be huge. Kangaroos no. are tall. I feel like they're at least like 6'5". No. Yeah, they, six I was thinking 6'5". Six five. Five, are you losing your mind? There's literally a video of a man. A kangaroo the height. 6'6". 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> six, six. There you go. What? Okay, no, what hold on. The, you're the stepping bigger, into the octagon with a 6'6 six, six kangaroo? The, the, the bigger they are, the better it looks on the highlight tape. Oh wow! Look, man, are you trying to body slam the kangaroo? Or are you going in like? Are you just trying to trap him and like bear I, hug him I, and I then in, take him down? I'm putting the kangaroo in a rear naked choke. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, here's I the thing. I'm, I'm not I'm saying. Going, I'm, I'm not saying that there's now. no human that can fight. Like if if Big Bill from AEW wanted to fight a kangaroo, I bet he could whip some kangaroo ass because he's seven feet tall and he's built like a like a package of vacuum sealed sausages. Like he looks great. <laughs> I, I don't I'm, know if either of you could. I'm, be- I'm beating. An, I am a beating kangaroo. a kangaroo's ass. I am kicking that kangaroo's ass. I'm looking at photos right now of kangaroos, <laughs> and, there are, and I'm not going to lie to you. There's there's a couple kangaroos on this Google search. Look, I've stayed. Oh, no, no, oh, hold on. Now, just let me just get this out. I'm not. I'm <laughs> okay. not an insane person. Okay. <laughs> there are some that look 
really insane. And I am Just not going to fight. Just because you got muscles mean, don't mean you can fight. I'm, I'm <laughs> a perfect example of that. I have muscles and probably can't fight. But I will take a kangaroo to the ground. And when I get him on the ground, what is he going to do? Use his arms? The only thing you got to worry about is the claws, maybe? Do they have claws? Yeah. I'm, okay. putting, I'm oh, yeah. putting that son bitch in a rear naked choke. I'm choking a kangaroo. No, no, no. I've, I've stood next to JP Acosta. He is a he is a rather like he's he's what's the word that kite man uses in Harley Quinn? Sturt? He is he is looming. He is a Sturt. big he's a big muscular man. So I, I mean, if I was a kangaroo, I'd probably like watch my back. But I feel like I could probably still. I'm still taking that kangaroo to Suplex City. See, I'm handling it like I'm handling prison if I ever end up there. I'm oh, hopping. <laughs> You're hopping in the kangaroo's oh, pouch. This, this I'm hopping in the pouch. He's I'm immediately he's putting his hand in the pouch. He's like, I am this is I'm holding on to the pocket now. now. Prison's a whole different thing. I I wouldn't survive prison. I would he, find Chase is dipping into the magic bag of tools. <laughs> Now I don't feel like What are you reaching in the pouch for? No, hold on, hold on now because pull out of the pouch. It's no, like hold door on. going into the hold backpack. On. The average red kangaroo stands at four feet eleven. I'm I'm beating that kangaroo's ass. There's different breeds of kangaroos. Yes. yes. Large mature males can I didn't stand know that either. at more than five five foot nine. I'm beating that kangaroo. Okay, if you ass come across ass. a five foot kangaroo, then yeah, I like your rods. I mean, the largest confirmed red king, yeah, is six foot eleven. <laughs> and I think huge. at that point, seven foot tall, you're maybe too tall. I don't know, man. I don't, I, think, I don't think you're beating Greg Odin the kangaroo. Well, Greg Odin got know, bad knees. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, that kangaroo got bad knees. That's, that's where the Hessie's coming in. Exactly. That's where the Hessie. What's the three cone? Show me the three cone for this kangaroo. It's not I suppose I walked right into that one. It's not moving laterally with me. He's not. He's absolutely not. Although, wait, listen. You know, I'm not gonna. I don't want to lie. He's got the tail. It's like a. It's like a balance situation. You know, he can lean back on the tail, right? It's like a third leg. Mm. I'm going to swing them up. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. you got to go for the leg. If, and if folks only happen to tune into the part where Sword says third leg and JP says, I'm going to swing that motherfucker, they're going to be very confused. Hey, Chase, this was a great idea, getting all of us on a pod together. It was, I, I, it's your fault, man. This was literally your fault. And this started about Sam Darnold. This was somehow connected to Look, Sam Darnold. I'll, listen, you, you bob man, and weave and you can take out a kangaroo. Sam Darnold, big red kangaroo, they're all the same thing, really, if you think about it. They both have red hair. Right. <laughs> and you know what? They would both collapse in an NFC championship game. Wow. Well, you, well we do know if Sam Darnold were to swing. He oh, do you think the Niners would have won the won the Eagles game with Don't a kangaroo under center? With a kangaroo under center? Yeah. No, because I think that uh, Christian McCaffrey can run better than a kangaroo, and obviously mm. he's. I think they've got basically the same size. Arm. I think the kangaroo could throw better than Josh Johnson, though. No, that well, <laughs> is he using the tail? Oh, is he flinging it with the tail? I, I mean, it's not against the rules. I we have. I haven't. I haven't seen Kangaroo Jack in long enough to to know if that is. Amazing. I don't know if kangaroos have the motor skills to like. Football. It comes back to the three cone. Can it you run the triple with a kangaroo? Can you run the triple? Can you run? Hey, you could you put it as the little the dive back and the triple. Nobody's <laughs> gonna want to tackle him. It's, God, it's can you imagine Debo, a kangaroo, and Christian McCaffrey running towards you at full speed? 
I know I know who I'm taking out. The kangaroo. The kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> the kangaroo. Just darn right. It certainly ain't going to be Devo. I know if, what the kangaroo's going to try and do. It's listen, if, here's, what, here's my point. Here's what it comes down to. If Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and a kangaroo with two katanas in its hands are running at me, the only one, the only chance I have of making it out alive is the kangaroo with the katanas. Mm. Low man wins. Yeah. Um, hitting with a tackle, you know? Wow. If it's got swords, it's, it's gonna be its arms gonna be up here, expecting me to go high. I shoot shoot a double leg takedown. That's a tackle. Yeah. Oh man. Um, which actually brings us to how the Washington Commanders are building their football team, uh, Jared. When you look at what Washington is doing, and there was a really good piece in the Athletic, uh, the aforementioned Athletic, about how this is like the first time Ron Rivera has built a team this way, where he is able to invest everywhere but quarterback uh your guy carson wentz it obviously did not work uh out long term and by the way uh where Jarrett was wrong uh, <laughs> carson wentz and the commanders being a a good thing Oof. he's not he's still not signed right it's over no. thank god yeah. i don't want to see that man play quarterback ever again i wow. i would also like to see a kangaroo over enjoy <laughs> enjoy seeing him in los angeles this year pal I will. I will have the so only reason that, that Carson Wentz is going to go to Los Angeles is because he's going to be on the NFL <laughs> Network as as like a, a, a guest. Mm. If, if he's going to be on any Analyst. channel, it's going to be like the Outdoor Channel, and he's going to like be hunting and whatnot. And that 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 that's his that's his TV future is hunting bear in Alaska, and everybody like all of our uncles are going to sit there and be like, God damn, that's a great bear. Um, I'm yeah, surprised. I'm surprised he hit the bear. <laughs> somebody commented on the instagram post and said something like uh what if like something like i think nick Foles actually shot the bear and carson just took credit for it and i laughed very hard it's a, it was it was pretty pretty well done um he he meant to hit a duck but the bear intercepted it <laughs> poor carson wentz uh, no poor no poor carson wentz uh-uh i uh but when you look at it, Jarrett, and yeah. how this team is now put together, they're betting on their first time in a long time. They have a cheap quarterback under center. They're actually going to hand the keys over to Sam Howell. We're going to see what yeah. that looks like. Um, late round pick. Had a little bit of time last year. People forget two years ago he was the preseason number one quarterback prospect. Yeah. Like That is where he, he was getting the Matt Stafford comparisons everywhere you looked. Everybody wanted to... Uh, compare Sam Howell to uh, to Matt Stafford, but then when you took the mask off, he was Joe Milton all along, as JP uh, so accurately knows. And now the Commanders have talent all over the defense, yeah. talent in the wide receiver room, talent in the backfield, and I'm just they're kind of the forgotten team in the NFC East, where the Giants are getting a lot of talk, the Eagles obviously the the top of the top dogs and the Cowboys obviously very top heavy, but should be good as well. Like how does this work for Ron Rivera and the commanders this year? And do you like how they've kind of pivoted here going into yeah. next year? Yeah. I talked about this with Amy Trask on the latest episode of the pump. Think go watch that and listen to it. If you'd like, um, I like Sam Howe. I liked him coming out of school. And I think that we do this weird thing in, in football media where like, Sam Howe, like you pointed out, two years ago was the consensus number one guy. He had a fantastic, was a junior season at North Carolina. 
and then everybody on the team worth a piss leaves. He still has a respectable year. It's nothing great. And all of a sudden, Sam House sucks, and he falls to the fifth round. I Now, I'm not going to sit here and bang the table that he's going to be you know, an elite top 10 guy and the commander's going to win 14 games, but he throws a pretty deep ball. He's got the talent around him, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, um, Curtis Samuel, who when they signed from Carolina was like a big deal, but he's been hurt too much for us to really know how he's going to fit in the system. Um, yeah, I, I like Washington. I think defensively they're still built really well, even with the rumors of Chase Young potentially being moved. They still have Deron Still Payne. really weird, right? Like, I don't understand why. That just I – don't, I don't understand that. Yeah, I mean – like they didn't pick up the option and whatnot, so I think that they're just unless he has like some insane year where he has you know eighteen sacks and blows. But you know, I mean, are they blanking? Are they banking on like KJ Henry being the answer there? Like, I think it's not they're like they banking, have a re- who do they I think go they're to? banking on somebody that they're going to draft next year if he's not mm. there? You know, they, and they still have a good front with Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen. Like they still have guys um, on defense and the front yeah. seven. Um, Linebacker wise, like it feels like they the past like three years they've been trying to figure out an inside linebacker. Now Cole Holcomb isn't there either, so it's gonna be Cody Barton. They have Jamin Davis, who was you know they drafted two years first ago. Round. First round yeah, guy. first round guy. Um and then this past draft when Christian Gonzalez was right there, they took Emmanuel Forbes instead. So I mean they're really they're banking on kind of like in the secondary, like boom or bust where we know Emmanuel Forbes has that instincts and he's going to rely on his, inc- his instincts a lot to you know try to make plays and it could lead to them lead to him getting beat. But, you know, I like what I've seen from Ben St. Juice. Derek Forrest had a solid year last year. So, I mean, they've got some young up and coming talent on that side of the ball, some proven veteran talent, but that are still young on the defensive front. And then offensively, the weapons around Sam Howe, um, to get the job done. So I think everybody is sleeping on the commanders. Of course, it does depend on how well Hal performs. But I'll tell you one thing. If I had to bank on – if I had to choose between the commanders hitting the, their over or the Giants hitting their over, I would take the commanders before I took the Giants. I think I would what too. What is the Giants over? Seven and a half, I believe. I would you don't think the, the Giants too, are going to win seven and a half games? I think the Giants regress. I think they finished last in the division too. I think after they what their okay, head coach okay, did in their okay. first season, you guys need to okay. relax. Okay, so I'm going to sound like a really big hater here, but the reason that Sam Howell went from being talked about as like a top pick to being in the fifth round is because he played in that goofy ass offense. Well, hold on. We already know about your hostility towards different offensive styles, JP. It's you not, don't need it's to. It's not different offensive styles. He throws a pretty deep ball, yes, mm. but I have yet to see him read a full field. So I'm really I'm really curious to see how Eric Bieniemy uses that. You know, yeah. Sam Sam Howell just needs reps. He he needs to actually like go play football. He didn't play until like the last game of the season. I'm really curious to see how he looks and also how Eric Bieniemy designs this offense around his strengths. Because you know, one thing that Eric Bieniemy did really well with Patrick Mahomes in Cleveland was he was able to draw teams out east and west, mm-hmm. and then you go vertical, you know, and that's where I think guys like Curtis Samuel are going to come in huge because he can draw teams east and west, you know, the jet sweeps, the toss motions. It'll be kind of like a shifty McCole Hartman Mm. style. Mm. And, you know, Jahan Dotson is really good. Terry McLaurin is awesome. It's just like I just need to see, like, more of Sam Howell. He and Desmond Rare are in the same, like, 
area for me where it's like you just have to like play more football for me to actually kind of believe in you because at UNC you could tell like he one he did not know how to read a full field two he I think he kind of thought he was more athletic than he actually was and he tried to play hero a little bit he doesn't have to play hero now like you just you just get the ball to the best guys on the field and figure it out I think defensively um linebacker is still a huge question I big question I don't know how truly good Cody Barton is, hmm. and Jamin Davis has been kind of, kind of, kind of rough in the first few years. Um, I really like Emmanuel Forbes in Washington. I don't like it more than like if they could add Chris Gonzalez, but I really like the fit here because, like Jared said, he has great instincts. And in Jack Del Rio's Tampa two, he's not going to have to press a lot. He's not going to hmm. have play physical coverage you can just play off coverage and bait quarterbacks you know that is exactly what their zone defense is going to try and do I think Derek Forrest is potentially going to break out next year his quietly had a very good year last his range on the back end is outstanding and Cam Curl is a very good uh kind of strong safety can play it closer towards the box I'm curious to see what they do at nickel Benjamin St. Juice kind of eh but they, they're moving him around a nickel some because Kendall Fuller is playing uh, on the outside with Forbes. They have a very fun group of DBs. I'm very, I'm very intrigued to see what happens with that defense. The offense, I just – I don't believe in Sam Howell until he shows me, you know. The Can deep I? ball is cool, but deep ball variance has been shown, like, the deep ball does not consistently translate year over year. And I hinted at the Giants stuff real quick, and I know Swords, you know, didn't like the uh, the Giants hate, I guess. But like looking at their schedule last year, they had two impressive wins, and it was against the Ravens and against the Jaguars. Everybody else, they lost to the Seahawks. They got blown out when they faced the Eagles in the playoffs. They lost to the Cowboys. Like, there's they, nothing. They nothing did beat the Vikings in the playoffs. Like that's that's got to count for something. If you're gonna if you're gonna say they lost to the Eagles in the playoffs, they did beat the Vikings to get there with Daniel Jones, with Isaiah Hodgins. As Who we've also agreed on, though, that the Vikings were just pure chaotic plus, like, the absolute perfect situation of 11 one-score win games that just happened to fall their way, and we all knew that, okay, this team's record is definitely not who they are. And the consensus of people was like, okay, if there's going to be an upset this week, it's definitely going to be the Giants beating the Vikings, and lo and behold, it happened. I'm not trying to take away too much from Minnesota, but at the same time, like, I think that that, like last year, I think is what the Giants' ceiling is with Daniel Jones is um, a plucky win in the wild card round before getting demolished by a real team with Super Bowl aspirations in the divisional round. But I, well, I do understand that. I kind of look at what they brought around Daniel Jones, you know, like, like we said, like last year, they were playing with Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James as their leading two receivers. They go out and get Darren Waller, you know, that Darius Tony is a thief now, but, um, they're going to have their guys healthy again, you know, and Saquon will hopefully be back. But if Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka can turn what they did last year into a playoff team, I have no reason to to not believe that they can do the same thing this year with a better team. And the defense is going to be better because defense was filled with a bunch of young guys. Kayvon Thibodeau is going to play out of his mind this year. Dexter Lawrence is an all pro and, you know, the secondary is going to come. I think the secondary is going to come along as they go. But Wing Martindale had those guys playing really good. 
I just I struggle to see like them be getting their under on that win total. I think they go over. I think that they'll I think they'll be competitive, and I, if they do go under, I don't think it's going to be a lot. I think they'll be best case scenario for me. They're nine wins. Worst case scenario, they're like six wins. But mm. but let me let me run through their schedule real quick. The, just rapid fire. They start off with the Cowboys at home, then they go to Arizona, to San Francisco, host the Seahawks, then they travel to Miami, to Buffalo, host Washington for the first time, host the Jets, travel to Vegas, travel to Dallas, travel to Washington, host New England, host Green Bay, to New Orleans, to Philadelphia, home for the Rams, home for the Eagles. There's a bunch of really good teams on that schedule. Yeah, and they're still a bunch of teams like the Packers who we don't know who they're going to yeah. be, you know, and you guys, it's you it's, guys, you guys, it's the commanders. <laughs> like, why did you just spend 10 minutes talking about the validity of a Washington commander's season? Cause like, I think there's a path to them being 10 and seven. I think there's a path. Whoa. Whoa. I do I, not think there's a path. You guys need a reality a check. You ha- I'm not you saying it's going to happen. I think there's a path that it could. Yeah. You, yeah, there's also a path that they win the Super Bowl. That doesn't mean it's I don't, know if there's, I don't think that there's a path for that. Sam Howell is a second-year quarterback that has decent weapons maybe at best. Their defense is much better than their offense. And you have Ron Vera, who has not been able to show that he can recreate what he used to do in a very long time. Everyone has all the respect in the world for Ron Rivera, and yet he keeps making terrible decisions with his team. Like that's they have. If you put that defense on a on a team with a like reasonable coaching staff, they they would maybe have one of the best defenses in the NFL, like arguably right now. Period. They, they are a, an embarrassment of like talent wasted. I just wonder for them mm-hmm. to get to ten wins, how good does Sam Howell have to be? Like better, how, better than better than I, I mean, mean they, they got to what was it eight wins last year with Taylor Heineke for most of the season so he true. has to be a little bit better than Taylor Heineke and people forget they beat the Eagles in Monday Night Football <laughs> they sure did oh my god yeah but like you don't look at last season and what they did and go oh that well, that's like normal or repeatable I mean they were on pace to be a playoff team at one point that's what I'm saying I think of, they're a high floor team I think they're a low ceiling high floor I, 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 I like yes and by the I way Washington defense last year ninth in defensive DVOA so I mean yeah. they're already one of the best defenses in football last year yeah I just again I gotta see it with Sam Howell I don't know how good he has to be for them to actually be competitive because we just, we haven't seen him at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I would like to see how good he actually is in an NFL offense before, like actually having to make like actual reads before I make any judgment about like the commanders getting the 10 wins because until they, we actually see what the quarterback looks like, they are firmly the fourth best team in that, in that division. Mm. Washington also 28th in offensive DVOA last year. I think getting the enemy in there, well, I think having the enemy at least raises that. And if yeah. Sam Howell is equally as good as Taylor Heineke or just a little bit better, which I think he'll be, I think that obviously the ceiling for Howell is probably higher than that of Heineke. I think that there there is a definitely a path where they're in the wild card hunt. I'm not saying it's 100% going what is to your, happen. What is your percentage chance that they have a better season than the Giants. Oh, I would say like sixty percent. 
Chase, I think Chase is a little bit higher on them than me. I'd say it's, I'd say it's probably like 50, 50. I, I, I just think that the giants are going to take a step back. Like there's going to be I think the Eagles four. take a slight step back. I think the Cowboys win the NFC East and they go like, well, I got I got to forget this. Is, I, I, I yeah. before I forget, I am ta- having Chase talk about they're the, the number Cowboys. one seed favorite right now. They're the favorites for the number one seed in the, in the NFC going into this year. Like the Cowboys are the favorites. As everyone knows, as everyone knows, the Cowboys do really well with expectations. We are, we are doing this again. And yeah. Every time. Chase, do you want to hear? Oh, hold on. Do you want to hear a fun stat? Yes. The last time that the Cowboys made the playoffs in three consecutive seasons was 1994 to 1996. So, like, with the Cowboys, I, I see the vision. That defense is going to rock this year. Yeah. That defense is awesome. They have so many guys in the defensive backfield where they play a lot of dime, but they can get away with it because of how athletic and how fast those guys are. You know, they were getting good play out of Israel Mukamu. In Nick, at the nickel spot, and they're having them run to be the Tampa 2 middle hook dropper, which was awesome. Dan Quinn is – Dan Quinn has turned his, like, entire perception around in NFL circles. And really it's just – what is this offense going to look like? How, mu- how much of – Are they the best post- 11 personnel team in the NFC? No. 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 <laughs> no? No. no. Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup – CD as Lamb? long as San Francisco exists, and okay. as long as Philadelphia exists, there was no other skill mm. position like talent group. Maybe Seattle. Hmm. Maybe I would. I'd put Dallas. I put. I would take Seattle's group before I took Dallas's. Really? Absolutely. I, the, hmm. the Cowboys don't have any juice, man. Like we saw oh, that very clearly. Outside I think CD, CD has kind of slept on yeah, now. Outside of CD, I like CD Lamb a lot. Outside of CD Lamb, we saw in that 49ers playoff game, they got no juice whatsoever. Nothing. I do think getting Michael right. Gallup back at 100% <laughs> will help. I don't think he's like a juice guy, but he'll, not. he'll win a little more of the 50 50 balls at that. Brandon Cooks is consistent. Brandon, Brandon Cooks is still like, he's still got juice. Yeah. That is, that is their juice guy. That's why they went and traded a pick for him to be their juice guy. My biggest question. You know, having Stefan Diggs are the same age, by the way. I thought Brandon Cooks was like 32. No, that is weird. No, he's not. He's not old. It's just he's been on so many teams now. It's like guys seem like they're older when they've bounced around a lot because you're just like they have. They've stuck around. It's also only 29, by the way. It's like you have to understand though that like going through that many offensive coordinators and that many different schemes and teams, like I do think that wears on receivers a lot more than. You know, a guy who's been on, in on the same team, same court. You know, it's just it's different mentally. I think it, it adds a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the thing well, that was Dallas that JP was pointing out too is like, what's this offense going to look like? Because Mike McCarthy's outdated ass offense that pissed off Aaron Rodgers so much that he ended up getting fired. I. But, but well, hey, the good news, Brian Schottenheimer. The good news. That's the question that I have, though. That's the how good news. How much of how much of Kellen Moore? was this offense and how much of it was mm. Mike McCarthy. It feels mm. like there was like it feels like every time the Cowboys offense did good, it was Kellen Moore. But every time they did bad, it was Mike McCarthy. Mm. Who really was like the architect behind this offense? And I think we're gonna figure out with Kellen Moore in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Because well very quietly Los Angeles and Dallas ran the same kind of offense. Dallas was just much better in short yarded situations because they had they had the ability to run the ball. And that's that's the gamble that Dallas made and that no one wants to talk about. Like we've talked about it endlessly, but like 
you know, Chase like, oh, they have the number one whatever ranking right now. Like, the Dallas gambled on the young, fresh-minded offensive, you know, quarterback then to coordinator uh, that he was not, in fact, what was making the offense successful, and that Mike McCarthy can be that. And now, if that gamble, or Scott is, Tolson. If that game, by the way, shout out to Scott Tolzien. I have a, a 49ers legend. I have a photo with him in Vegas somewhere. Do you really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was super weird. My buddy went to like high school with him or something in Chicago. And we're like, just so happened to all be partying together. Badger, I thought Badger. you like pointed him out. You're like, Scott. No, and no he's we, like, no, what? my buddy, my buddy was like, you're a Niners fan, right? Come here, Scott. Whatever. I was like, I was like, was Harbaugh awesome? He's like, dude, he's so cool. um no but like they gambled on that they can recreate what they did last year and now if that gamble goes wrong they have one of the worst offensive minds that any like like statistically one of the worst schottenheimer is terrible i think it matters less when you have the best quarterback in the conference like dak i think is almost they Saying you have the best quarterback in the conference when you're in the NFC East is like, come on, man. I mean, that's a good quarterback. He's a great quarterback, but like saying the best quarterback in the NFC East. Well, I'm just saying it. I think it helps. Quarterback in the NFC period. Right. That would have Mm -hmm. made more sense. I'm just saying, like, saying in the NFC East is like, hey, my apartment in this burning building is the nicest. Like, well, I think it's either him or Jalen Hurts right now. But I still would take Dak if I. And I bet you, I wonder if we could get like. Howie Roseman, like off the record, be like, the price is the same. You can flip Dak for Jalen right now. Would you do it? I wonder what he would do. I don't think I many people would. You you are <laughs> always going to take youth. Jalen is also like the what he did from year one to year two is a big improvement. So you obviously want to keep seeing what happens. Dak has literally been in some of the best, like he's had some of the best offensive lines. He's had really great receivers. Said a lot of great things. Not that Jalen Hurts doesn't, but you obviously want to see what the trajectory is of Jalen Hurts. I mean, he completed seventy percent of his passes, thirty-seven TDs, ten picks, four thousand five hundred yards in twenty twenty-one. Like, I don't know if Jalen's never touching that. Jalen's not touching that. Oh, I I don't think Jalen will never have. Here's here's the thing with Jalen though. Jalen and Dak play two completely different styles. This is also true. So. What Dak does throwing the ball, like that value can just be maximized by Jalen being as good of a rusher as he is. That's really what makes the Eagles offense go outside of having the best offensive line of football. Jalen Hurts' ability mm-hmm. to run the ball, forcing defenses into conflicts. That's, that's basically how they beat the 49ers defense last year. They had, the, they had the 49ers in a conflict because of the RPOs and Jalen's run game, and then they just run zone away. At, at Javon Kinlaw, who couldn't hold, who couldn't, uh, who couldn't get off a block to save his life, but I think Dak Prescott is very much a. We're gonna Tony Romo, Dak Prescott, and I don't like it at all. Do Dak you know who Prescott. his numbers are the closest to his first three years in the NFL on Pro Football References? Tony Romo. No. Who is it? Hold on, let me let me look at them and see if I can think of something. Who is it? Is it a recent quarterback? He recently retired a couple years ago. Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. No. Andrew Luck. Oh, oh, oh boy. Uh, Four but, years, Matt Ryan. But, yeah, I, I think Dak is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I think mm. he, he's 
probably the best quarterback in the NFC. And if he's not the best, he is very clear-cut second best. I just, one, I wonder what the long-term health of that offensive line is. They were very banged up last year. And you keep you keep moving. Um, oh, my gosh. I cannot believe I'm blanking on his name. Uh, the rookie guard last year from Tulsa, who they moved it from guard to tackle, tackle I'm to guard. I'm also blanking on his name. Hold um, on. I'm, oh, Ty- I'm, Smith? Tyler Smith? Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith? Smith. It's, it's Tyler what is his Smith. name? Tyler Smith, right? Tyler yeah. Smith. Okay. Yeah. They kept moving from guard to tackle. Yeah. They had Jason Peters come in. They had um they had Tyron Smith playing right tackle for a lot of the season. Mm-hmm. They need mm-hmm. to figure out the continuity. And I think having Terrence Steele back healthy will help the continuity. He'll play at right tackle. You gotta figure out a spot for uh Tyler Smith. I think he'll probably slot in at left guard. And you let Tyron Smith play left tackle because if he's healthy, he's still very, very good. So getting that offensive line consistently healthy is going to be a huge thing. And again, I just wonder what is the offense going to look like and how how congested will this offense be? Is it going to be the same thing as last year where Dak is having to make superhuman throws just to keep this offense afloat because of how congested the offense was, or will Brandon Cooks provide enough juice to allow C.D. Lamb to kind of work the slot in the underneath areas where he just killed defenders last year? So I'm, I don't know if I'm high on the Cowboys, but I think they are very firmly the second best team in that division. Ooh. All right. This might be an NFL Super Friends bet uh, before the year. The Cowboys versus the Eagles, who wins the NFC East. We might need to revisit this. This is going to be good when we do our NFC East preview. Um, speaking of previews here, though, um, as our main event here on tonight's show, as we continue our series, we did AFC South last week. This week, it's can this division, the AFC East, can this team win the Super Bowl next year? Evan Swords, the Miami Dolphins, a lot of ex-49ers, 49ers South, in a lot of ways, the way they're building down there, Vic Fangio now calling the defense. Um, running backs galore, maybe the fastest, uh, most interesting wide receiver room in football, um, just with what they can do and how they play. And I, I'm curious, do you think they can win the Super Bowl in 2024? Best reason for? Best reason against? Is this a pivotal, if they don't do it this year, then it's probably not going to work out with two in this this regime where are you at yeah i mean i i would have not judged them whatsoever for finding someone over to uh this season um i can understand why they want to give it one more shot it feels like you know 2019 with jimmy g in san francisco but so be it i i think they have an incredible team they've just they have so many fun pieces on both offense and defense i've loved the the big swings that they've taken getting tyreek hill has been just huge um but you know low-key they've their defensive additions have been really important as well getting vic Vic fangio is awesome vic fangio is just i think one of the best defensive coordinators of our time he every time has just shown in just he can make things work no matter what type of environment he's in when it comes to the defense. And he's just got really good pieces there. So I think this is their best shot. Um, unfortunately, because I do love Mike McDaniel, I do think this is kind of like a big moonshot for Tua. I think if they don't 
get Tua, you know, this was the year that Aaron Rodgers went somewhere, right? This was the year that, you know, there a lot of pieces were made. Um, and I just don't know, like, I, I maybe you guys can answer this, but, like, what would be your offseason plan if you're a 10, 11, 12 win team that needs a quarterback? I mean, if you're a 12-win team, you probably don't need a quarterback. You just ran into one of the really good teams in the AFC, and you know you got bounced. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the Dolphins' defense, though, man. I think that having Fangio – there's so many guys that they have in the defensive front that just fit what Fangio does because like, they're not going to blitz as much with Fangio, but Christian Wilkins is a guy that can win. Bradley Chubb can win. Jalen Phillips, they're expecting big things from him. Obviously, they acquired Jalen Ramsey. Um, who's the – I always forget. Who's the linebacker that they got, J.P.? Uh, David Long. David Long, yes. They got him as well to you know secure the middle of their defense. That was a weakness for them last season. Yeah, I think the defense is going to be really fun. And Evan pointed out like the weapons that they have offensively. Like We know how good that Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle are. Yeah, it just comes down to, one, can Tua stay on the field? And can he continue to be as efficient as he was last year? So I'm really, I'm really kind of being the hater. Uh, this episode. I'm not going to say like the Dolphins are going to be bad. I think they're going to be very good, but I do have a couple of major questions. One, how quickly is that adjustment for the defense is going going to happen? They're going like, this is a polar opposite of what they used to do. You know, mm. They were very 3-4 heavy, blitz heavy, cover one man under Josh Boyer and oh my gosh, Brian Flores. Mm. Now you go to Vic Fangio, who is more of a Quarters coverage, you know, the zone match, man match. I wonder how quickly that adjustment is going to take in like real time, especially along the defensive line, because those body types up front are more gap penetrators than yeah. gap controllers. Mm. You know, I think Jalen Phillips is going to be just going to wreck shit this year off the edge. But I do wonder how that interior of the defensive line is going to adjust to play a completely different style. I wonder about the linebackers still. I think David Long was fine. I think he had some fun moments in Tennessee, but it will be interesting to see how he adjusts to being in this defense. I think Jerome Baker, I still have a lot of questions about. And then, of course, the big question is, of course, is if Tua can stay healthy. But my biggest question is, near the end of the season, I think teams started to figure out how to not stop the offense, but slow it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What will be the counterpunch now for Miami? Braxton Berrios. I think <laughs> I think they started finding it a little bit as we got later on to the season with uh, getting more into the ground game and kind of punishing defenses for playing a lot of man by using motion to create advantages in the run game. I wonder how Tua's going to adjust the teams playing more man against mm. them because he destroyed zone last year because everybody was so fast and his – processing is so quick where he just got the ball out into the whole zone extremely quickly but against man his numbers dropped so i do wonder how is he going to perform against man coverage now that everybody knows oh we're going to play man against you now so i think they are a very interesting team to watch i best case scenario they probably win that division like best case scenario can they win the super bowl though if ever if two is healthy can they win the super bowl I'm personally, I don't think so. Mm. I'm going to say, yeah, hesitate. I think I say yes too. If two is healthy and this group, and I just, I bet on the talent. I will say, Mike White being the Tua backup, I just, I don't, 
I did not love that. I did not love that being the the Skylar Thompson insurance uh, come playoff time. Like I didn't. I thought they could have done better. I think they could have addressed it more. I think they had, they had better with Teddy. I I think Mike White is played better than Teddy. Excuse me, played better than Teddy last year. But like Taylor Heineke or something, or at least in like I don't know. I just. Well, Taylor, know, there answers. was like a two-week stretch where everybody in New York media was praising Mike White as the second coming because he played really well against the Jets or against yeah. the Bears when they had Nate Peterman in at quarterback. He and I was like, did. oh, wait, fucking hell. He played pretty well for like two or three weeks. But one thing, the reason why they went and got Mike White is because, one, you know that he can operate an offense. Mm-hmm. Two, you know that he's not going to completely go haywire if things fall apart. Uh-huh. He's got kind of that free birdness to him. You know, if things start to shut down, he's going to go free bird mode. It's not always going to work for him because he's just not that caliber of athlete or quarterback. But, you know, I don't mind, I don't mind the signing. I mm. think they, I'm hesitantly saying yeah to them being Super Bowl contenders because it's just going to be so hard to stop this offense. You know, like it's, it's going to take so much, so much attention going everywhere. And if the defense just, if they can go from being one of the bottom, 10, 15 defenses in the league to being at least in the middle of the pack, maybe top 12, you're going somewhere. Mm. It's also the AFC. And I think after last year, we just have to kind of be easy on the predictions because who the hell knows what's going to happen. The AFC is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. This is a division that now has Aaron Rodgers in it, although I don't know how much that moves the needle. He doesn't. He demands some kind of respect, I guess. I'm um, going to be such a hater. I don't think the are Texans you going to be a hater really on all four AFC East no, teams I'm not here tonight? No, I'm going to be a hater on all four AFC teams. I just am going to be a hater on the Jets. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, let's I, hold the Jets for a second. Let's hold the Jets for a second because I have them. I think the Jets are going to be the most interesting here of this because I think we're going to be on opposite sides with the with the Jets here. The Bills, though, you got the helmet right behind you, Jarrett. The case for the, the Bills winning home. the Super Bowl, not making the Super Bowl. A lot of weird stuff with Stephon Diggs this offseason. Josh yeah. Allen out here dating actors. Like, we've got um, a different uh, different kind of system, obviously, with Ken Dorsey versus what Brian Dabble did. A little bit rocky uh, last year. We'll see um, if they're able to uh, to bounce back and bounce back in the sense of, like, hey, yeah, they still won the playoffs, they still won the division, but, like, this is they took a step back and Josh Allen took a step back last year. Still top five, top ten ish quarterback. Somewhere in that range. I'd say top two. He's top, top two. two. He's top two. No. Over who? Joe Burrow? Joseph everybody, Burrow? Everybody, no, Joseph Burrow. No one's taking Josh Allen over Joseph Burrow. No, no, no. We can't do that. I, Joe Burrow has surpassed a, him. I used to be a Joe Burrow over Josh Allen, but Wait, you think you? I, I mean, listen, no, look, like Josh. No Allen question. Is, yeah. Josh Allen is the only one that can, only quarterback outside of Patrick Mahomes that can go absolutely supernova and win a yeah. game by himself, yeah. like Patrick Mahomes. But that's the whole thing. You want the one of the two to be the supernova type, and the other to just be like the Brady Joe Montana type, and that's Joe Burrow. Like and he's the fine. alternate. Yeah, that's Joe fine. Burrow's more. Joe Burrow's more efficient. Josh Allen is more talented and the better quarterback. Ooh. Yeah, it's just Josh Allen's way more exciting. It's just the thing with Josh Allen, Oof. and I guess this is hurting my, my thing, feelings. The my thing with the Bills, 
actually, I'll let Jared go before I get to my uh, <laughs> my little hating segment on the Bills, I guess. I cannot believe he's going negative on all the AFC East teams. One of the best divisions in football. He's out on everybody. Jared, go. Yeah, no. The uh, I mean, I'm an honorary member uh, of Bills Mafia. Mm-hmm. So I think what doesn't get talked about enough is just everything that the Bills went through last mm. season. And that doesn't make that's not an excuse for how poorly they played against Cincinnati at home, nonetheless. But they didn't have Micah Hyde. You know, they lost Jordan Poyer for much of, for a good portion of the season where he was in and out of the lineup. They lose Von Miller. Tredavious White wasn't healthy until Thanksgiving. Like roster wise, when they're healthy, you look at all the talent they have on that side of the ball, all of their best players missed some time. Mm. And they were never healthy all at the same time. They bring in Leonard Floyd as well to sure up this pass rush that desperately needs something outside of Von Miller because we've seen, okay, Greg Rousseau, he's a guy. Ed Oliver, he's he's a, an above-average guy. But that they've drafted defensive front very heavy the past few seasons, and none of them have really panned out to be anything special. And then offensively, what's Ken Dorsey going to do to rebound from last season? Because I mean, you talk about playing in freebird mode. The, the, the Bills played with like balls to the wall playing at all times last season. It was all or nothing. Like the quintessential example of that is against Minnesota and that game that shouldn't have been in overtime to begin with where they're marching down the field and Josh Allen has a dump off to Devin Singletary out of the backfield just to get a few yards. And he throws it into like quintuple coverage and it's intercepted to end the game. Like there's no take the layup play for another day. And I think that that's something that he needs to get back to doing. He was much better at doing when, when Brian Dable was there. I, he needs to just, okay, this isn't all or nothing. We don't have to throw. We don't have to do a Hail Mary on second and two in the first quarter. We can take the layups. And if everybody stays healthy, I think they still have, you know, arguably the best safety tandem in football with Hyden Poyer, Tredavious White. Hopefully Kyer Elam takes a step forward as well. They, they got guys. Matt Milano outside of Fred Warner is the best inside linebacker in football. Offensive line got a little bit better. I'm sorry, JP. What? <laughs> that Matt Milano being the second best inside linebacker. I think he's third, but I I respect it. Uh, it's like Jesus. I'm sorry, <laughs> JP. We're, we're not going to disrespect Roquan Smith, but um, I, I like definitely see, I definitely see where you're going with the Bills. I think the reason for saying like the Bills win the Super Bowl is they have the quarterback, and if you have the quarterback, you can go really far. If you got I, 17, you got 15, you got nine, you got a shot. And they've got one of those guys. Why did it feel like they their season ended when Von Miller got hurt last year? Because it did. Because defensively, this is my biggest question for the Buffalo Bills: Is this defense built to win a Super Bowl? Mm. And Sean McDermott's calling plays this year too. Leslie Frazier gone, so we're going to find out. How much different is what Sean McDermott has done as a play caller than what Leslie Frazier has done? Sean McDermott is a defensive coach. He was probably in those meetings helping form to be what that defense was. That defense, one, lacked pass rush. Of course, losing Von Miller hurts. But going from – if you're one 33-year-old Von Miller away from being a non-factor in pass rush department, that's probably a problem. I think Leonard Floyd's going to help out, but they need – they need, they need AJ Epineza and Boogie Basham to actually live up to the first and second round picks that they use on them consecutively. I mean, hey, there's a there's a Washington Commanders pass rusher who is available via trade reportedly. I Buffalo Bills trade for Chase Young. I think that that would be a very smart move for Brandon Bean. I think. I just wonder how. 
is this defense like built to succeed? I think schematically, they are very much a let the let the offense come to you. We will suffocate you, and let and only force you to take the short throws. But when it gets down into the playoffs, I'm, it's very much sounding like can they do it in the cold, rainy night in Stoke? They <laughs> they kind of got blown off the ball in the run game by the Cincinnati offensive line, which up until the Cincinnati like, offensive line playing some backups as well. Like they were, they got, yeah, they, they were banged up and they got manhandled. So I just wonder one, is this defense actually going to show up? You know, is this going to be a team where they're always going to be one of the best teams in the regular season and the defense just falls apart in the playoffs because that's how they are built. They are built to take away explosives, which is great, but they're going to allow you to dink and dunk. And if you if you allow them to play dink and dunk, there are teams that can beat you playing dink and dunk. The Chiefs are a great example of that. That's the team they're going to be competing with. My next question is how much of the offense is like – I don't want to blame Ken Dorsey for all of it because I think what he did with the offense actually was pretty good. I just wonder – if the hell or high water, high variance of the offense, that's kind of a that's co- that's a part of the Josh Allen feature. That's high variance. That's a part of the video game. That's a part. That's a part of what you get with Josh Allen. All the crazy throws you're gonna get. I'm not gonna throw this check down because I think I can make this throw, and you're just gonna have to live with it. I think the big question is: Is Dalton Kincaid going to be the legit number two that they need? They mm-hmm. needed someone who can create any separation outside of Stefan Diggs and be a reliable target because you need someone outside of him to catch the passes. Gabe mm. Davis is far too inconsistent and behind him, I think Khalil Shakir is fun, but I don't think he's like moving a needle. You need Delta Kincaid to be kind of that, that intermediate guy. You need him to be someone who can create separation and create mismatches. They're going to run a lot of 12 personnel this year. I think that is where the NFL is going to go. 12, 12 personnel is back, baby. 12 and 21 personnel. Offense is getting bigger. Defense is getting bigger. We are moving back to 2000. Arthur Smith, just an innovator all across the board. Sure, I'll give you that. I think <laughs> Arthur Smith is great. But uh, I just I wonder what this defense is going to look like and is this defense reached its limit? That's all fair. fair questions. But Evan, to, to put my, my yeah. final touches on it, can they win the Super Bowl? Yes. There you go. JP, can they win the Super Bowl? Yes. I think I say yes, too. Evan, do you think the Bills can win the Super Bowl this year? Yeah, I mean, they're just, they've been so consistently good and done a lot of things the right way. And even when they slipped up last year a little bit, they really, you know, they're they're a dominant team. They they're one of those teams where you're like every year they're like they sh- they could have won the Super Bowl they might have should have won the Super Bowl um, so I, I'm not going to take them out of that conversation but there's just the top heavy teams right now are so like I don't know if it's every year in the NFL and it just seems like a, a moment right now but like the teams that you put on a list right now that you could think rationally could win a Super Bowl is pretty impressive and it's really hard to pick one. And I will say this, not, you know, it's hard to say this against the Chiefs, but like no team that I think could make it to the Super Bowl is perfect by any means. Like I I think they, Mm. you know, even the Chiefs, you could go, well, this is how they would lose if they lost. 
right? Like, and I think that's the same point with the Bills, right? Like, they, they get close, but it's it's just tough to win a Super Bowl, let alone get there, let alone you know beat win your division. And they're not they're not uh, they're not prone to making mistakes, but they're definitely a damn good team. I like it. Um, the Jets, Evan. Aaron Rodgers enters the fold. Talent all across the board. Maybe a reach in the first round, depending on who you ask, uh, with uh, the Iowa State kid, the edge. And uh, Jarrett putting his fingers up for that I'm, one. I'm so directionally challenged right now, it's not even funny. <laughs> there it is. I was like, I didn't know. He was doing the Brian Windhorst meme, and I, I couldn't <laughs> tell what he... Yeah. Um, but... The Jets, I think, are maybe going to be the toughest team of the four to forecast and whether or not they can win the Super Bowl in the case for and against. But I land, yes, they can win the Super Bowl this year. And it's crazy because I just they just need to make the playoffs because I think they have the longest playoff drought, right, in the NFL? Is it? They haven't made it since 20, uh, 2010, 2011. That's the longest, right? I feel like it's the longest. Been. Yeah. And, and I just, I just wonder how high of a floor Aaron Rodgers immediately puts this team at with an elite defense, with a pretty solid receiving core, with a healthy Mekhi Becton, with a healthy, um, what's it? Uh, why am I playing on the Iowa State running? Uh, Brees Hall. Mm-hmm. I think there is a path to the Jets being really, really good right we're away. Leaving, we're leaving out and, a very important factor in this entire Jets thing. What is that? Is Nathaniel Hackett a good coordinator? But I don't think it – what if it's Aaron Rodgers calling plays? What if it's the Peyton Manning system in Denver time, the last couple of years? The last time Aaron Rodgers called plays, the Packers missed the playoffs. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers was calling his own shots last year, and it made the offense entirely more inefficient. And that's funny, too, because the head coach, who is a play caller himself, is a better play caller than Nathaniel Hackett. He was the one calling plays in Green Bay. Nathaniel Hackett was just Aaron Rodgers' friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's he impossible. Just, he it's just impossible. Made, he made Chewbacca no- noises, and Aaron Rodgers like, "Oh, this guy's awesome." <laughs> no, I and, think it's I think it's pretty oh, it's funny. pretty obvious here. Nathaniel Hackett's clearly his drug guy. That's why oh. he keeps him around. Oh, he, he's the guy that gets the good shrooms, and that's the only reason why Aaron was like, "I got to get back." with Hackett there's no way you can even like consider the Jets as like a Super Bowl contender coming until to you theaters in 2025 Nathaniel Hackett and the magic mushroom <laughs> it's the worst Disney movie ever like in the same like especially after what happened with Russell Wilson in Denver you can't even like put Rogers in that conversation he has an entirely different setup now than what he had in Green Bay he has always you know, obviously getting to become the starter over Brett Favre, it was probably a lot for him to have to deal with as a young quarterback. But since then, he's been the king of Green Bay. He's been the king of a tiny town in one of the smallest states in the country. And now he's going to New York. And I hate the New York media storyline. But, like, this is a guy that's into chakras and dark retreats and going to Burning Man and being the man that's burning and like I just <laughs> he did a, he I don't, did a uh, psychedelic uh, he did a psychedelic like a conference yeah like a conference he was yeah. a guest speaker I just I just don't think that this you know what it reminds me of you remember was it major league yeah what's the what was the guy what was the guy's name the oh shoot you know he got all buddhist 
Oh man, I'm, I'm I never saw up. Major League. Oh my god, how have you of all really? people not seen Major League? I don't know why. I don't really have a good reason. It just never oh, it never came about. He played Pedro Serrano. Uh-huh. To shout out to oh, Dennis Haysbert. Yeah. Uh, I know what you're talking about. But absolutely in it first off, watch the movie, Chase. You of all people, that is one of your movies. Like it's okay. not like it's like literally a movie that's made for you. I don't understand how you've not seen it. But in the movie, Pedro Serrano in the in the first movie is like this really, you know, really good baseball player. And then the second movie, when they start winning and they get popular and, you know, they blow up, blah, 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 he gets really into Buddhism. And he's so timid and calm that his Japanese teammate has to teach him that you have no ball. He says, you have no marbles. Like you don't have the, you know, like, you know what I mean? And I, that's, I think Aaron Rodgers is like, I, I don't really know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be the kind of guy to go into the New York city and lead that team. There's so much going on. There's so much noise. I just don't see it. Can so, I flip it the other way though, with what, Ian O'Connor um, of ESPN, he was on Cowherd's show last week, the podcast, and he made an interesting point about like why Eli thrived in New York and why Mark Sanchez, uh, uh, he didn't mention Mark Sanchez specifically, but it's like, though, like there are certain New York quarterbacks who work and certain ones who don't. And the reason Eli worked, I don't know why I said like that, Eli <laughs> worked um, was because Eli was just completely ignorant and just like completely detached from what was going on in the tabloids like i think he's told the story of like archie having to call him about something tiki said in the news and he was like eli you have to have an answer you have to be ready for this and like i think those are the kind of guys the the non just not it just it, aaron Rodgers. i don't think is the best example of this and we'll see how he ends up doing with it but like i think the detached um, isolated, doing my own thing, don't really care about the New York stuff. Those kind of guys, generally speaking, do the best. I mean, Derek Jeter was as detached as it comes. Like, he was just, I'm never going to say anything. I'm never going to do anything. And I'm just going to keep my head down and just be really, really good at baseball for a really long time. So what I will say about the Jets, not being a hater this time, mm. um, they almost made a play also Chris Trevler at quarterback. Yeah. If you just get Aaron Rodgers to play at a midline level, you'll probably make the playoffs. But that's also, Brett Favre was really good before he got injured that year. That's not the aspiration here for, yeah. the, for the Jets. They want to win the Super Bowl. And, I, again, my biggest question is if Nate Hackett is as good of an offensive coordinator as Aaron Rodgers believes he is, mm. and will Aaron Rodgers – well, Aaron Rodgers wants to get back to being the point guard playmaker that helped him win two MVPs. You know, mm -hmm. I think last year he was a little bit frustrated, and now it's very obvious. And he would just – his deep ball accuracy kind of waned. And you could tell because he's just getting older, you know. You just, you're not going to – you're not – Darryl Wilson should help that though, right? Um, uh, yeah. Get, the receiver should help with that. Mm -hmm. But unless you're Tom Brady, your arm's going to get weaker as you get older. So – I do wonder what Aaron Rodgers, 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers, 40-year-old mm. Aaron Rodgers, is going to look like now. But if they can just get a midline-level Aaron Rodgers, they make the playoffs. Because that defense is absurd. Yeah. Like, they don't have many holes at all. That's why they could just take a chance at, like, a McDonald. They could reach there where it's like, uh, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's our, a, yeah. He's a third down pass rusher. They don't have mm -hmm. a lot of guys who win with speed. 
they have a lot of guys that win with power outside of Bryce Huff. Will McDonald's going to win with speed and counters. I like it. What do you think, Jarrett? I, I like the Jets. I think that they'll be at minimum in the conversation of being a wild card team or, you know, one of those in the hunt. I think that's their that's their floor is in the hunt. Mm. And I think that – do I think that they can win the Super Bowl year one with Aaron Rodgers? When you got Rodgers, it's hard to ever rule anybody out completely. Mm. So, I mean, I'll say hesitantly yes. Um, but yeah. you got Garrett, Garrett Wilson. Lazard came over. He's you know a viable guy in that offense as well. The offensive line still has a few question marks. Like They were absolutely going to take Broderick Jones until Bill Belichick gave him a big old middle finger and gave him to Pittsburgh. Um, Mekhi Becton, hopefully you can stay healthy. They're going to be but, starting a rookie center. Yep. So like that, those are you know definitely a few question marks you have. But like JP pointed out, that defense man, like you got Sauce, you got DJ Reed, you got Quinn Williams, you got like there's almost no holes there whatsoever, man. Like they're going to be really good. They have the best tackler in the NFL, Quincy Williams. Shout out Quincy Williams. Shout out Quincy Williams, former Jag legend, best tackler <laughs> in the game. There you go. Final team here, the Patriots, JP. It's time for you to hate on the Patriots. Okay, so first thing I'm going to say, I'm actually. Oh, the reason they make we're Super never going to know. Is... Oh, never... there he is. <laughs> the reason they make Super Bowl is that offense gets back to, or just gets to at least a above average level. Mm. You know, the defense last year finished third in DVOA. Like that defense is still absolutely phenomenal. And as long as Bill Belichick is head coach, that defense will remain phenomenal. Their biggest problem last year was they only had corners that were 5'11 or shorter. You add Christian Gonzalez to that, and boom, there you go. There's your tall corner, that, which is perfect. He is a perfect Bill Belichick corner. You add Marte Mapu to that defense, you can put out pass run. You can put out pass situations where you have Keon White, Josh Uche, and Matt Judon on the, in the front. You can have Martin Mapu playing linebacker and Kyle Duggar, who is very quietly one of the best safeties in the league. He is awesome to watch because he just does everything. That defense is going to once again be phenomenal. The question is, can Bill O'Brien get some more confidence in the Mac Jones? I think Mac Jones needs to get his get a little bit of his swagger back because I think he did struggle last year, but so much of being a young quarterback has to do with the environment that you're in. We saw it with Tua. The environment that he was in before Mike McDaniel was not great. You put him in a better environment with a better person who actually like knows what to do and is a functioning adult who knows how to run an NFL offense, you saw what happens. I think Bill O'Brien is a functioning adult who knows how to run an NFL offense, which is a major step up from where they were last year. I think the offense just needs to – I think they need to get to a higher level than, mm-hmm. like, say, the Jets because the quarterback is a lot better. But if you can get the most out of Mac Jones, you can make the playoffs with this team because that defense is amazing. But that's the biggest question. The reason they won't make – or they won't win the Super Bowl is Mac Jones just ain't it. That's – that's really the big question here. Did, was last year more of a blip because of the coordinator, or was it the sign of a downward trend? Coming into the draft that Matt Jones was drafted in, I 
I thought at his best he would be kind of a Kirk plus or maybe like a Kirk light. Uh, I don't think he. I don't think he's Kirk heavy. I think he's Kirk. He's more of a Kirk or a Kirk light. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much you can win with a Kirk light, you know. So unless I also think it's like hard to lose a lot with a Kirk light. That's it is. the thing. It is. It's very hard to lose with a Kirk light because Kirk Cousins is always going to win you like seven games. Yeah. He is, I think, like in his entire career, he has never lost. Like, I don't think he's ever like lost double digit games. That's something Evan gets to look forward to when he's quarterbacking his 49ers <laughs> next year. But it's going to happen. <laughs> just begrudgingly accepting the fate. Yeah. I, I just wonder, like, is what Mac Jones was last year, is that a concerning trend? Yeah. Is the, is the confidence gone? And that's the first thing Bill O'Brien needs to do. Give him back some confidence and give him an offense that suits his strengths. Mac Jones is a smart guy. He knows how to get from one to two to three. I think when you get him in an RPO kind of offense where you can get the ball out quick to the playmakers, you can throw the ball between the hashes some. I don't think he's going to stretch the field much, but you can make something out of it. It's just, is Mac Jones' confidence shot? And if it is, then you're not going anywhere because that's the that's supposed to be the guy. I like it. Jarrett, what do you think? Ultimately, you and Evan, do they have a chance at making the Super Bowl? Winning the Super no. Bowl? No. no. I, don't, I don't think so either. No. I don't think there's I, a path for them. No. I, you look at that conference and all the quarterback talent and the rosters that are there. Like, I'm not taking – I'll give JP the credit of the defense is going to be good. It was good last year and everything like that. We JP and I did a power ranking show not that long ago, and I said the Patriots were like 25th. They almost punched me through the screen. Like, I, I get that the defense is, is good. Um, but, like, I don't think that there's a defensive coordinator in the world who's laying up staring at the ceiling like, how the hell am I going to stop – Mac Jones and Juju Smith-Schuster or Mac Jones and Tyquan Thornton. Like, uh, I think that at his best, he's, you know, uh, uh, the 18th, <laughs> like somewhere in the middle uh, of the league at his very best. And when you look at that conference full, of, you look at that division uh, with the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Jets, who are all going to be, I think all are going to be good and contending for playoff spots. I think that they're, Belichick will keep them good enough and have them have their floor higher than what it would be if he wasn't there. But I don't know, man. This is, this feels like a seven-win team again to me. Like, I I just don't. I think their ceiling is playoff team. Right? Yeah, they're, they're a wild card team, and that's what you get with Mac Jones. I think Mac yeah. Jones is at his best a playoff quarterback. That's not saying like he's going to win you a lot of games in the playoffs. Like he's a super. Super Bowl quarterback, but he can get you to the playoffs. You can win with Mac Jones, but once you get to the playoffs, you need to win because of your quarterback. I don't know if Mac Jones is that guy, so I don't think they can win the Super Bowl just because at the at the offense's best, how good is it going to be? I like it. Jarrett, what can the good folks check out from you all over the internet this week? Uh, if you're listening to this, my power rankings are out and released. A little bit adjusted mm. since the last time I released any sort of graphic, but that will be on USA Today. I did like a whole type up of it. So 32 to one, my power rankings. Those are, will be out. Um, oh, you know, I teased. I talked to you guys about this before. I kind of teased it. It's been confirmed, so I think I can say this publicly. 
um, September-ish. I think it's kind of like the, well, we still have to do the Zoom call and everything, but I'm doing a future story on, on Michael Vick, and it's going to be very, very fun, and I'm very excited about it. Um, so that'll be a, a big old highlight for me, and I'm looking forward to, to going to Los Angeles and seeing the legend himself and uh, getting that done. So that'll be coming in the next couple months. Um, and then um, YouTube-wise, watch the tape on Justin Herbert. It's just going to be me salivating for like 15 minutes. It'll be fun. Um, I think that's all from me right now. Go, go listen to the pump take. Um, Amy Trask, Ross Jackson, uh, the last two episodes. Eric Eager as well from Sumer Sports. The last those are the last three episodes. They have all come out in the past four ish days. So go listen to all of those. There you go. JP, what about you? Over on SBNation.com and also uh, the Athletic NFL Show. If you did not listen this week, go listen to that as well. Um, yeah, I got a bunch of stuff about college football, got a whole bunch of columns, or got a column, probably coming out tomorrow, um, and just going to be getting ready for football season. Uh, get ready for season two of Establish the Fun. We got to make sure the encore is just as good as the, uh, the first one. So we're gearing up for that. Uh, going to be publishing some scouting reports that I have. Uh, some early NFL draft stuff. Gonna be doing some big scheme things with me, my buddy Mark Schofield over at SB Nation, and maybe I'll be appearing on random podcasts. You know, I'll just I'll pop up. You know, so just follow me on Twitter at Acosta32 underscore JP, and just see what I'm doing. There you go, Evan at Evan Swords everywhere. Uh, no, it's Evan Dot Swords oh. on on Threads. Okay. Which, dear yeah. God, can the NFL community please start using it more? Because absolutely it, not. It is tough out here. That algorithm is just straight up like it wants mm. to be memes and like influencers. I, I it's clearly needs. They released it way too early, but. I'm very excited for Twitter to die, even though that's where all of my following is. I'm okay with it. I will make that sacrifice. Please, can we start using the threads soon? I don't think it's going to happen. I got news for you, buddy. It ain't happening. Okay, first off, they had 50, was it 500 million or something? Yeah, 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 it is happening. It's just a matter of getting the algorithm algorithm fixed, which they went early. I continue to post my joke a day. I appreciate it. That that man needs stopped, by the way. By the way, JP, I would like to stop JP Acosta. It's day four or whatever, and I like woke up this morning and I'm like, ah, good morning, fam. Let's get this thread. <laughs> like, it was such a fun thing the second and first day, and now I'm just like, I'm already over the app. I I post that joke and then I'm just off the app. That's I just so want like- there to be a place that we could talk about sports and maybe the occasional nerd shit. There without, is. It's Twitter. Without there being Nazis. Oh, well, that would be that, that's that's nice thinking, isn't it? You know, so we'll see. Uh, other than that, check out these uh, beautiful men and all of their content because I'm lazy. This is what you're going to get. <laughs> you're not lazy. You're out here like you spend more time <laughs> out like you're getting shots poured uh like you're doing shots with your buddies. You're just like on like out at the pool and your uh your girlfriends giving you shots and I'm just like I'm hurting for Evan. I'm just like I, I know what's going to it's going to happen on Sunday. They yeah. were pouring Don they were pour, they were pouring uh Don Julio 19, 1942 uh tequila in my mouth uh at a pool party thank you very much not shots 
Oh, I mean, that's bottle. basically a shot. Out of the bottle. Okay. Of 1942. Uh, you, no, you're right. And as you can tell, I'm a tired old man. It is hard out here. Stay in the country. Stay away from the cities. There you go, go on a nice walk with Chase and carry him because he's got a broken knee. Mm. Broken knee, broken foot. I'm just getting old. I'm going to be walking around with a cane sooner rather than later. Um, but thank you. Intermittent fasting. That's, I mean, that's another thing I did. That might kill me. I, that I don't will think break I can actually, his other knee. Yeah, no, that actually <laughs> might just kill me. I don't think I can afford to. I've been 5'11", 135 for 15 years, and I think uh, i got to probably keep that going and, uh, until. Are you still 135 right now? Yeah. Jared, have you tried slowing? Have I tried slow- slowing? Because you, you're doing fasting. Hey, we'll see that joke tomorrow morning on Threads. Damn right. See you there, everyone. Jarrett, JP, Evan, thank you. And I'll talk to y'all next week. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.